0: You're listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanning, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. We're gonna be picking up our Sunday morning series called The Unseen Battle. We're gonna be looking at the idea that the strains and struggles and stress of this life can impact our life because of the spiritual warfare that's happening in the heavenlies or the unseen places. We're gonna be talking about how we can take authority over this and still have the joy and victory that Jesus has purchased for us. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned to the end for more information about our church. Last week we talked about the idea that we are Popeye getting beat up on by the enemy, right? And we need the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit gives us power And the Holy Spirit gives us strength. And for those of you that are feeling beat up by the world, get you a little spinach this week. Amen. Get in the word. Get the Holy Spirit. Let him fill you up. And let's start taking it to the devil instead of letting the devil take it to us. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. Amen. Hey, take out your Bibles if you would, please. We're going to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. So last week we talked about where the battle started in eternity past, right? We talked about how Lucifer decided, God, uh, I need some of the same glory that you got. I'm just as good as you are. I'm coming here to take over heaven. And God said, I don't think so. And out he went. And so Lucifer fell to what we know as a dark, it seems where we find in Genesis chapter 1. We don't know how much time existed from the time Lucifer was kicked out of heaven until we get to Genesis chapter 1, but we know that Lucifer and his rebellious angels were kind of hovering, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, over the deep. Darkness was coming. And I want to tell you this, there's always been a battle ever since Lucifer decided to rebel over the glory of God. Now, that term glory of God is so significant because that's what the battle's about. The battle's about the glory of God, the light of God. And I know people will say, why does God feel like he deserves so much glory? We're always using that term. God, we give you the glory. Because when we give God glory, we illuminate his nature. And that's important because there's no one that's good enough to be illuminated to the fullness except God himself. He alone is good. You hearing that? So Lucifer decided, I want some of this glory, but Lucifer forgot he was created. He was a made image. Angels were created. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit has always been. Angels were created by God. And what God decided to do To really show Lucifer up was I'm going to make a creature lesser than the angels. That's you and me, Psalm 8 says. I'm going to make a creature a little lower than the angels. And watch what I can do. I'll give them my own strength. I'll give them my own spirit. Because I know some of you today feel like, man, I'm just, pastor, I'm weak and I'm worn out. Exactly. You're a little lower than the angels. We're jars of clay. We're breaking down right? The older I get, I'm breaking down faster, right? I'm hearing snap, crackle, pop, and I haven't had cereal yet. (laughs) Anybody follow me? We're frail, broken down people. And so I think, how can I overcome Lucifer? How is that possible? Because greater is he that's in me And he that's in the world, he gives me his power, his strength. I can't overcome him in me, but I will overcome him, and I am overcoming him in him. You following that? That's where we overcome him is in his power and in his strength. So we talked about at the end there, we're going to get to Genesis chapter 3 in just a second, but we talked about at the end that began in creation, and then we see now the battle has come to earth. The battle was in heaven for Lucifer and God. Now the battle's come to earth. And Lucifer is now deciding, I'm gonna bring down this lesser creature. So if Genesis chapter three doesn't exist, we don't have the rest of the Bible. Everything that we know hinges on this thing in chapter three called the fall. And because of Genesis three, because of Adam and Eve's mistake in the garden, We have the rest of our Bible, and we have redemption's story. And I'll just stop right here because I'm fired up. And I'll tell you God's plan B is still his greater glory. You may think it's his plan B, but it might have been his plan A to begin with because people all the time say this. I can't stay here long. I'll be down in a minute. Hold on. (laughs) I'm trying to get up a little bit to see you better, but I'm about pop here. All right, so. So think about it like this. People always ask the question, did God know Adam and Eve would fall? I'm going to tell you, I think he did. Because I think he's omniscient, he knows everything. Did he hope for the best? Of course. But he knew that they would fall. And here's why I tell you that. Because God had a plan. Before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. And the plan involved the lamb. The lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world because you know why? That's his greater glory. See, you're thinking, God, where are you in the middle of my troubles? What he's gonna do is show up in your trouble. He didn't save you from plan A. He's gonna work out your plan B because then you'll give him more glory. If he worked in your plan A, then you'd take the credit. I had a plan and God blessed it. I don't care. I want to say I got no plan and God showed up. I had no idea. I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm out. And look what God did. Now God's getting some glory. You hearing that? So just because your story isn't turning out like you think, God's in the business of showing up in the middle of your broken story. And he'll do more in your broken story to redeem you and to bring him glory than you ever will trying to figure it out yourself. Your best options is to say, Lord, I ain't got a clue. Help me. Peter doesn't sink to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee when he's got his eyes on Jesus and starts saying, see, do I want backstroke? Do I want butterfly? I could freestyle this thing. I I think he's a fisherman. My guess is he can swim. But as he's sinking, his words were, Lord, save me. That's all it takes. Lord, save me. The thief on the cross, Lord, remember me. Some of you thinking it takes a lot of words to get to Jesus. It really doesn't. But it takes a heart broken. It, it It takes a bent towards the things of God. Are we ever getting to Genesis 3? Yes, we are. (laughs) Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, And that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave it to be with me. She gave me fruit, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is it you have done? The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. But the sweat of your face... By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So let's think about a couple of things. First of all, let's, we'll make some observations as we go through this, and let's just see what God has for us. First thing we know is that the serpent shows up to the woman. Now, remember this. She's referred to the woman the entire time until the end when we see her name Eve. And that's significant, and we'll talk about that. But the serpent shows up to the woman. Now, here's why I think. Because if you go back to Genesis 2, we won't necessarily do that for the sake of time. If you go back to Genesis 2, the command about the trees in the garden came to Adam, not to Eve or the woman it was God who told Adam so Eve had an indirect command not a direct command so sometimes the devil comes to us when we're unsure of the word you hear that or you get your truth from somebody else and not yourself it's going to be so important now I I I I this is no accident we're talking about this issue in these days right now. Because here's what I'm thinking. I think we're living in a day where everybody's wanting to spit you truth. Everybody's wanting to tell you what truth is and what to believe and what their opinion is. And I'm telling you what, we've got to get back to the truth. We've got to get back to the truth. We've got to stop worrying about people's opinions. We've got to stop thinking about different people's slants. And everybody's got an opinion, but what's the truth? We need the truth. So don't get your truth for somebody else. Get it yourself. If the enemy wants you to do anything, it's to stop reading your Bible. See, somebody's like, I'm not convicted about that because I don't read it already. You need to be reading your Bible. You need to be gathering truth for yourself. Otherwise, the serpent will show up, the enemy will show up and try to convince you and you won't know. Here's the problem in the church. We don't know what God said. what God say? Well, you know, I just believe what my church believes. What, what do you believe about this issue that's facing our world today? Well, you know, I just, just what my, my church believes certain things and It's important to know those things that I don't know right now. Or or, I love this one. I think my pastor believes this way. Don't tell people what I believe. You don't know what I believe. Know what you believe. And guess what? Don't base your opinion uh, or don't base your beliefs on an internet article. How about the word of God? Can, Can we get, can we, I know you say, well, pastor, that's just old school. Why is the right way old school? We still walk on our feet, don't we? Well, Pastor, you you putting shoes on. That's old school. Well, yeah, because it's just dumb not to. Does that make sense? The, the Bible's outdated. It's old news. You can't, you can't trust it anymore. We got nothing if we, got, we don't have the Bible. We have nothing if we don't have the Bible. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you've got to read your Bible. Well, Pastor, I'm confused by it. Just get in there. That's a lie. Just get in there. Just dig around. Anybody ever play Super Mario Brothers? Right? I used to play with my friends, they'd hit their head on these bricks, and coins would pop out. I never knew which one to hit my head on. Can I tell you that reading your Bible sometimes is hitting your head on bricks, but once in a while a coin will pop out. You just keep you hitting your head. You just keep hitting your head, and you'd be like, sweet Lord, I don't even know what that meant. What's that about? Just keep reading! That coin's going to pop out. You can't give up on God, right? My wife don't understand me half the time. She keeps listening. <laughs> right? You got you to dig in, right? We can't give up on God. And the other thing is this. Do you notice this? That Satan doesn't show up like in pitchfork and, and, and tails and like this red suit like, hey, 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 woman, here I am. Aren't you scared of me? He shows up as a serpent. Now, we know the serpent looks different before the sin than after the sin because you see in your Bible that at some point snakes had legs. And that was the curse is, you know what, to your belly you go. To your belly you go because of what you did. And so obviously, so now I don't know, and I'm I'm, I'm curious about the idea that animals must have talked back then or something. I would have been, if a snake starts talking to me, I'm going to start running. She engages in a conversation with a four-legged lizard. Now, so watch this. So the devil shows up as a counterfeit. He doesn't show up in what you would expect him to show up in. He'll show up in the shadows. He'll show up in the sneaky places. He'll get you to think something's okay and then... You understand my I on this? He'll twist it. Something doesn't seem right about this. Guess what? It's not. He'll show up. In fact, a temptation is doing the right thing a bad way. I, I wanted to, I just wanted to give, I just wanted to make an A on the test, so I cheated. I just wanted some extra money for my family. That's a good intention, so I stole it. I just wanted to do this. I just wanted to, I just unhappy in my marriage for just a little bit, God. So I cheated. Went looking. Everybody following this? And that's the temptation. He'll wrap it in something that you think looks good. And I'm telling you what, we got churches. We got ministers. We got people holding up Bibles that might just be agents of Lucifer himself. You better be careful. You better be mindful. You say, Pastor, you're scaring me to death. I'm saying that's why you better know the word. you got to test it against the word. you got to know the word yourself. And a pastor's going to say something, and you're going to be like, wait a minute, that's not right. Exactly. Run away. Don't even engage a serpent that's talking to you. Don't even talk. The problem is Satan's talking, right? And, and Eve's having a conversation with this deceptive, this deceiving creature. So the first thing, Satan counterfeits himself as good. And then Satan causes Eve to question God's word, right? Did God actually say? What did God say? Did he say you couldn't eat of any other tree? And can I tell you real quick that here's what the devil wants to convince you of in your life. Now, why are we studying this? Because this is still happening. This is still happening. This deception, this counterfeit, this deceiving, we're still falling. We're still falling. Falling. And if we can be aware of the tactics of our enemy, we can be alert and not fall. So watch this, all right? So he says, did God really say you couldn't eat of the tree? In other words, wait a minute. What did, what did God say? If you go back to Genesis 2, he said you can eat of any tree of the garden. All these trees, look at this beautiful garden. You can eat anything you want. That one right there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just stay away from that one. And so all of a sudden, the enemy shows up, and all he wants to do is point out the one tree. Right? You ever given a child a, you know, your your son or daughter gives you a Christmas list, and there's 10 gifts on there, and the budget was a little tight, but you got nine out of the 10. And all of a sudden, after Christmas morning, they wrap up and say, ho, ho, ho! I had an easy bake oven on my list. Now, I know these other nine things. Where is my easy bake oven? I need, this is the worst Christmas ever. My easy bake oven is missing. Right? And that's a kid, you say, give me five minutes, right, child? I'll take care of it. Right? Don't we do that to God? God? God, you didn't do this for me. God, this, why did not? Now, God, you could have done this. Why didn't you do it? Instead of seeing what God has done, the enemy wants you to focus on what he hasn't done. And if you can focus on what he hasn't done, you'll get discouraged and think that God, God's holding out on you. Um, Hello, you've got a 100 trees you can eat from. And there's one you can't. And there's a reason for that. So eat of the 100, ignore the one. But God the one. Isn't it in our nature, right? Isn't this the way we're born now? You, you even think about it yourself. You know, you're, men, your wife's sitting there making dinner, and she fixed a pound cake. And you're like, oh, Lord, I love pound cake. And so you're like, oh, I could, just, I could have a little bit of pound cake. And your wife's like, please don't eat pound cake before dinner. I don't want to cut it till after dinner. And you, all you can think about is pound cake. You can't think about everything else. All you can think, right? Tell your kids no cookies before dinner. They weren't even thinking about cookies before dinner until you said no cookies. And now all they can think about is cookies. Do you understand? This is the way we're bent. And so the enemy wants to convince us that God is holding out and questioning. In fact, he goes to the next level. He contradicts God's word. He says, God didn't say that. Look, right? God didn't say that. God, it said now Eve doesn't know really what God said. Now men, we have to do a better job. Adam did not communicate clearly. Hey, can you see Adam? Yeah, baby. That thing over there, just, just don't eat of it. She doesn't even know what it's called. God told Adam, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat. The devil says, you can't eat of any trees. She goes, that tree in the middle, we can't eat that. In fact, we can't even touch it. Where did God say that? One Jewish scholar I was reading this week thinks the serpent pushed her up on the tree and said, see, you didn't die. Right? The, the devil will tell you, you'll, you'll say, I can't do something, and then nothing bad will happen, so what do you do? Instead of staying back, you'll go the next step. Did God really, you can't touch it. She said, you can't touch it. Then she says this, I might die. Did God say we might die? Did he tell Adam and Eve, you might die? He said, you will surely die. You will surely die. And so all of a sudden now, Eve has no idea what God said. And now the enemy begins to cause her to question it. And she doesn't know. Did God really say that? What did God? God didn't say that. And then now we have this confusion and this doubt. Let me tell you this real quick. There's two things that the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to doubt God is good, and he wants you to doubt that sin is bad. Right? The goodness of God, the badness of sin. If he can get you sideways on that, he's got you down. Because now if you live your life, Well, God's not, I mean, God's good sometimes. God's good when I get my stuff. God says, no, God is, can we we be clear that God is always good? Can we be on the same page about that? God, when is God not good? Not happening. He's always good. When is sin bad? It's always bad. Well, Pastor, you just don't know my story. Some sin's okay. Uh Uh-uh, no. That's a lie, isn't it? You've never done that. Maybe I've just done that. Well, it'll be okay this time. Just for a season. Just for a minute. Just for a little while. You know, it's not going to hurt anybody but me. Nobody has to know. These are the lies the enemy convinces us of to get us to sin and break fellowship with God. Now, watch this. God has, has always been about fellowship with Adam and Eve. Everybody believe that? God wants fellowship, and what the devil wants to do is anything he can do to disrupt that. We've talked about this, right? In your marriage, does the devil love your marriage? He hates your marriage. He hates the unity in your marriage. He'll have you arguing about stupid stuff. You're like, we're gonna watch CSI tonight, baby. You know I hate CSI. Don't turn that stuff on. We're watching Law and Order tonight. And next thing you know, you're mad at each other over something stupid, right? Right? Toilet paper over, toilet paper under. You better get it right, woman. You better go over. You better, mister, you listen to me. We're going under in this house. You understand? Right? And and y'all sitting here going, oh, man, he's in my house. Right? I mean, but the enemy wants to get us sideways. He wants to break down the relationship anything that's unified the devil wants to come and be a part of he does not want you walking with God in fullness because if I walk knowing God is good at all times then guess what now I ain't got to worry in the world why should I worry some of y'all sing that today and you're going to go to your car and worry about Monday why do I worry Ooh, that's a good song it's ah! just a song but if I know God is good All the time? That's good. What if you get sick? God's still good. See, what happens to me doesn't affect who he is. Anybody hearing that? Just because my life is difficult, and I'm going through difficult seasons and difficult times, and just because life doesn't work out the way I want it to, doesn't mean God is not good. God is always good. And so I walk in the assurance of the goodness of God in every season and every situation. Amen? So, He wants to bring this down. So here's the problem, though, is that the Bible tells us that Eve desired it. Watch this. It it was desired. She she saw that it was good for food. It was a delight to the eyes, which we see that, and that the tree was desired to to make one wise. See, the problem is her desires didn't line up with God's desires. We've got to make sure what we want lines up with what God wants. But the, here's the problem. We think that God will put us in a place that won't match our desires. That if God, that God doesn't care, I don't, I'm trying to think. I think we think sometimes that God doesn't really care about our desires. So we have to create our own desires because God doesn't really want me to be happy. So I'm going to do my own thing. And the problem is when we walk down the road of our own desires, we get in trouble. And we need to match our desires to God's desires. And so here's the thing. So in that moment in time, the Bible tells us their eyes were opened. And I know a lot of people would say, well, that's a good thing, right? Their eyes were opened. So we we know that we have the, the knowledge, right? So all of a sudden, they ate. I want you to try to follow this. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had no knowledge of good and evil. All they knew was good. They're walking around naked. You hear me? There's no shame. There's there's nothing but good. And now all of a sudden, they eat from the tree. Now, let me talk about this, men, before you start saying, see, it's all Eve's fault. You can't wait to go to lunch and say, oh, 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 I bet you enjoyed that. You terrible women, you. Right? I mean, we got to be, you know. But can I tell you, the Bible tells me Adam was right there. He's like playing with his fingernails or something, which is what we do. You know, we're like, dee, dee. serpents talking to Eve, and we're like, oh man, I wish she'd move on. I got stuff I gotta do. I mean, I'm just uh, just lollygagging along while this devil's taking Eve down. He does nothing. In fact, when Eve goes, want to bite, he's like, I guess. Poor leadership. Men, we have a responsibility to lead. We have a responsibility to take the word of God and be the lead. God spoke to Adam. Adam did not translate to Eve. And in fact, Eve went down the road of destruction and Adam watched her do it. The way I see it, man, Adam fell harder than Eve because Eve was at least tricked. Adam's like, all right. Eve needed to be convinced. Eve had to be talked into it. Adam's like, sounds good to me, baby, whatever you say. Right? He's not making a stand. He's already forgotten what God said. So the Bible says that their eyes were opened. And now all of a sudden, I thought about this this week. I thought, well, well, that's a good thing, right? Their eyes are open. Think about it like this, just for see if this analogy makes sense. We would want a deaf person to be able to hear again. But what if the only thing they heard was screaming for the rest of their lives? Would you want them to be healed? Would you want their ears opened if the only thing they heard was screaming? You'd probably say no. That's the same way their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened to what? Sin. Sin. To darkness. To separation. And what's their first thought? What in the world? And the Bible says they tried to cover Themselves. All of a sudden now, we've disobeyed God. Now all of a sudden, what am I going to do? I have to fix this. I have to fix this mess I've created. And so they grabbed fig leaves, which by the way, if you know a fig leaf, it's prickly. That's very painful covering. That'd be a lot of scratchy, right? So they cover themselves in fig leaves, and then God shows up. God shows up and says, I love this right here, where God shows up and says, where are you? Don't you love it when God asks a question that he already knows the answer to, right? God, God ever come to you and said, I'm, parents, we do this, right? You see your kid doing something stupid, and we go, what are you doing? They're like burning the house down. You're like, what are you, what are you doing? And the kid's like, Uh uh Burning the house down. Yeah, I see that, right? God says Where are you? And the Bible says they did what? They hid. Hit. So now, from this walking in the cool of the day, this the way this reads, the way God and Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day was a very natural process. In fact, a lot of study that I did this week said that God may have wrapped himself in some kind of flesh, or it might have been Jesus himself, because the Bible says no man has seen God. So somehow, Jesus, before he's walking in the garden, I don't know, it's super cool though. To think about. And all of a sudden God says, where are you? And they hid themselves. I was afraid because I was, uh, I was naked and I hid myself. And, and then all of a sudden, now the blame game starts, right? Well, How, how did you, why, why are you hiding? Well, watch this now. God doesn't talk, again, we'll go back to this husband thing. God doesn't go to Eve first and say, Eve, what'd you do? He goes to Adam. What have you done? And Adam's like, Right? It's not me, God. It's the woman you gave me. I was fine till she showed up. I hadn't done nothing wrong until you gave me my helpmate. So I'm not so sure about this thing you did, God. Right? I mean, come on, man. Right? Right? We got to start owning it. Right? Can I tell you there'll be no healing till you start owning what you've done? Right? Stop telling. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I have an anger problem because of my mama. Zip it! It's your fault. You have an anger problem. Right? It's because of my DNA. My parents were this way. I'm an alcoholic because I've come out of alcoholism. My DNA is broken, and this is in me, and this is in me, and this is in me. And, in me. and I want to tell you, Jesus trumps it all. Jesus trumps it all. So you, you you don't have to surrender to the idea that this is just who I am. Jesus makes you new. Jesus makes you new from the inside out. You don't have to be. I can't, you know, sometimes, is anybody at the age yet? I'm all over the map, aren't I? You ever, you ever sometimes like your father's words come out of your mouth? And then you're like, Ugh. all right, the way I, my, my dad was a very man. He was, he was a, mm, on money. He would hold that money, pinching that penny. He wouldn't let go of it. He was very frugal and thrifty. And so I find myself, my wife's sitting here laughing. I do the same thing. And the tightwad that my father was, I find myself becoming and I need the Lord's help, right? And can I tell you though, what's this? So we gotta stop blaming, blaming for the why you're turning out the way you're turning out. Well, I couldn't help it. The way I the reason I sinned was this. And then you know, then Eve says, Well, it's because of that snake you made, that serpent. This serpent you made that showed up, and everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. And I tell you, God can't heal you till you say, It's me. It's me. Who's to blame? Me. Who killed Jesus? Me. Remember that debate back in the day when the Passion of the Christ come out and they were like, oh, you can't say the Jews killed Jesus. I'm not saying the Jews killed Jesus. I killed Jesus. I killed him. But you didn't kill My sin took him to the cross. I killed Jesus. I have to own responsibility. If your life isn't like you think it should be, own it. Take responsibility. Fall on your face before God and say, God, help me. God, forgive me. And that's Adam and Eve find themselves in trouble. They try to fix themselves and try to do the right thing. And then all of a sudden, here comes the curse, right? Let's look at that just for a second. Here comes the curse, and all of a sudden, he, he brings it down after everybody tried to blame each other. God just lays it down. Here's the punishment. He says, because you've done this, cursed are you, uh, talking about serpents. I mean, if you have a pet snake today, I don't judge you, but why would you? All right. Anyway, it's cursed, right? To the belly you go. Dust you shall eat. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and he shall bruise you shall bruise his heel. That's a great picture right there. Most of you probably already know this. That's some great foreshadowing of what Jesus is about to do down the road. Right there, you're going to bruise his heel. He's going to crush your head, right? Everybody know you got to cut the head off a snake. I'm from North Carolina. It's snake country. Everybody's like, oh, we got snakes in Indiana. No, you don't. No, you don't, right? You haven't done anything until you've been in a field and all of a sudden a copperhead's on you. And what do you do? You don't just, you don't play with it. You cut that head off. you got to deal with it with it. And that's what, the, that's what God said right now. I'm going to deal with you snake for what you've done. You're going to bruise, right? You're going to bruise the heel of mankind. In other words, the one that's going to crush you. In other words, I'm, you're going to damage him. And this is Jesus. You're going to damage him on the cross. You're going to bruise his heel. But he is going to crush your head. Jesus is coming to defeat you once and for all. And your scheme, watch this now. We're going full circle. This plan B has always been my plan A. And what you thought you were doing to try to mess me up, I'm doing for the greater glory. You've been trying to bring down my people? No, no, you ain't bringing down my people. I'm going to give them my spirit. I'm going to give them my power. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to give them everything they need. you try trying to hurt my people? I'm going to crush your head. I'm going to overgive them power, and I'm going to bring myself the greater glory. The greater. See, God's about the greater glory, but we have to get there. We have to admit our need because God will set us free if we will admit our need. So then we see, uh, we see Satan, we see the serpent, we see woman. Now watch this, ladies. You know, a lot of ladies are going to be standing in line one day to talk to Eve about this. I understand that. cause Now childbirth is hard right? It says it right there. It says, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing." Now, ladies, I know that some of you in in, in here in the room that I've had babies, no big deal. The rest of you ladies can't stand you. (laughs) So don't be running around at the ladies' fellowship Wednesday night. It's like, oh, pastor, was talking about having babies. I had five, no big deal. Boop, they went, no big deal. Every lady in the room is coming after you, I'm just saying. Pain. Pain. Right? Some of you ladies going, pain. Right? And then watch this. Now, this is something I noticed, maybe for the first time. He says, the, the, God said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. That's two curses to me. Now, listen. Stay with me. Stay with me. What that means is, ladies, you will hurt over your children more than men will. Your women Women, you don't understand this. Your children will hurt you. Not only will they hurt you when they come out, but they're going to hurt you. That's part of the curse, ladies, is that your children will not only hurt you at the day of their birth, they will continue to hurt you, and the pain that you feel will be deeper than that of men. Just a thought. And here's the third one. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. In other words, ladies, when your husband's an idiot, you still have to follow him. All oh, the men are going, you better, you better take that back. You better take that back. <laughs> I've only been an idiot two times this morning. Okay, now you better take that back. Right, right. So, ladies, I mean, that's the curse. Ladies, listen, we don't talk about this curse. We kind of say the childbirth and we're done. Ladies, you're going to want to lead your husband. You can't do it. There's going to be something in you that wants to lead, but it's not allowed. It's not allowed. You're going to want to lead over your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to the Adam, he said, because you listened to the voice of your wife and you've eaten of the tree which I have commanded you shall not eat, now in pain. So you could freely eat, right? In Genesis chapter 2, you can freely eat Of every tree in the garden, now you're going to work for it. Now thorns, thistles, hard work, sweat, you're going to have to dig it. The ground's going to be hard. It's not going to be free food anymore. You're going to have to work for it. And I think this is interesting right here. And in verse 20, this is the first time. See, I I still think everything in the Bible it's either pointing us to Jesus or taking us away from Jesus. Does that make sense? Or it's, the, the cross is the center of the whole story. So watch this. He says, Adam says, we're going to name, he called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of the living. So now Adam doesn't call her death has come because of you. That, that's not what her name is. You would think he would have said, now I'm naming you, I don't know, Matilda, which means curse. I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm just saying. But he, he didn't go, he, he gave her a name that was hopeful. Now, watch this. This points to the virgin birth. Watch this. Because Eve will be the mother of the living. Not Adam and Eve will be the parents of the living, But Eve, from Eve will come life. You hearing that? Because Eve's gonna have children who have children who have children who bring us down the road. Jesus. So this situation that looks deathful and grim wraps up with this idea of you're gonna be the mother of the living. Now all of a sudden, In the midst of this horrible situation, we have a seed of hope. You understand this? God is never finished. You got to hear that. Because the enemy wants you to say, put that one down in the books. Adam and Eve fell. Here they go. I know what God's going to do. God's going to kick them out of garden, and out I go. And God said, no, 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 no. See, I, I say when this thing's over, no one else. Everybody following that? So God is never, never done. Pastor, you don't know my story. Man, I have messed up so bad. God is not done with you yet. God is not done until you stop breathing. God always has hope in every situation. So, Adam is, Eve is called the mother of all living. Now, watch this. So, then we see the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them. Now, I'm, I'm going to say the end, and then I'll say this next part, right? Because they get kicked out of the garden, which that just seems rude, right? If he was a God of grace and mercy, why didn't he let them stay in the garden? I'm going to tell you why. Because if you remember back in Genesis 2, there's two trees. There's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Can I get an amen? You remember that one? Then there's the tree of life. The tree of life. Now, to eat of the tree of life is to live forever. So he set them out of the garden so that they would not eat of the tree of life and die in their sins. It's the mercy of God that kicked them out of the garden, not the judgment of God. Oh, you got to hear that. You bet you never heard that before. It's the mercy of God that kicked them out, right? Because we think God's hope, maybe God's not giving you something because you don't need it, and He's actually having mercy on you. Think about this. What if God gave you everything you ever asked for? Sweet Lord, I'd be in a mess. There are things that God doesn't give you that you think you deserve, but it's in his mercy he doesn't get. He doesn't want you to die in the garden in your sin, so he kicks us out. In fact, he still leaves an angel there, which is an angel of worship, so we can still come to the gate of the garden to worship, but we can't go in the garden because it's his mercy. Because guess what? Now that my eyes are open, if I eat of the tree of life, I'm dead. It was in his mercy that he kicked them out. And then we'll talk about this, and I'll be done. Are you good? Am I making you think a little bit? You know, I had notes, and I have no idea if I follow them or not. So whoever's in, I apologize for people in the back who I gave notes. So what's this? Let me have uh, Briston and Devin come on up. Joe Craft's not back yet, so I got to keep picking on my kids. I know Joe's hearing that right now. All right, well, just Bristol. Come on, Devin, you can stay. You're good. Devin's like, thank God. All right, so what I'd like for you to do is just try to cover yourself. Uh, Just, yeah, just that right there. That's enough. Just cover your entire body, if you would. Now, this is us trying to cover ourselves. Fig leaves. Everybody follow that? Fig leaves. And I'll give you some more. You're falling short. This is what we do, though, right? We go to church. I put a 20 in the blessing bucket. I'm covering my sin. I gave extra today. I was a nice person. I sang. I, I, I'm an usher. I came to church. Hey, I was here 15 minutes early. I talked to a dozen people. I'm super Christian. We try to cover our own sin. You, you, you'll, start, you, you'll start reading your Bible extra, Right? Right? You ever done this? You ever ever gotten right with God just so he'd give you something? I did that. I want a job so bad. I fell on my face. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Please give me that job. Didn't get it. Wrong motive. You understand? God wants you to get right for you, not for anything else. For your relationship with him. Not covered. Mm -mm, Not good enough. Unacceptable. You got to be covered. You can't go to the party unless you're covered. The king says you're not coming unless you cover. So we keep covering ourselves, right? We keep doing our own thing, but then, still, still, still inadequate, right? Everybody following this analogy, but then, here's what hap- here's what happened in the garden. So the Bible says that God saw Adam and Eve covered, and He said. He covered them with his own coverings. And for the first time in the Bible, this perfection of creation, God had to kill something. Death had to come. Why did he cover them in just like skins of fruit? No, 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 no. They already tried that. They already tried fig leaves. God kills an animal and covers them With the skins of an animal. So what God did was, he said, you got to stop, 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 just stop. And then what God does is he says this. He goes, I will cover you with my covering. He gives Adam and Eve, that's my grandbaby, his own covering. You understand? Anybody following that? So here's the thing. You can't, you can sit down. Thank you. That's so wonderful. I'll take your blanket back though. I just wanted to make a point. You can't cover yourself. You can't fix yourself. Some of you in the room, you, 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 you just keep trying to fix yourself. I just try to be good enough. And you have, to, you have to be covered. You have to come to the end of yourself and say, Jesus, I need you to cover me. God, I need you to cover me. I need the covering of of Christ, I cannot cover myself with fig leaves anymore. And here's the good news. Here's the really good news. Is so that now in the garden they see the fall, and God's thinking to himself, "Oh, I need. I'm, we need to create a covering." And Jesus says, "I'll go." But who's going to do this? Jesus said, "I'll go." Jesus was willing to do what it took to be your covering. And you can't come to church enough and you can't be a good enough person. You can't stop cussing, stop smoking, stop doing this, stop being a bad person. You can't. You're trying to fix yourself. And I'm telling you what, until you are covered with Christ, you are lost. Until you are covered with the covering of Jesus himself. And then, can I tell you what? So today, I was thinking on the piano, we got a little wound up in worship today. And I ain't scared of that, by the way. You know why? Because a bunch of people saying thank you for my covering. That's all this is, right? If I gave you this blanket, which I never would in a million years, but if I gave you this blanket, and you were called, you'd be thankful, right? You'd be thankful. So when we worship, God, thank you. God, thank you, you covered me. You took my fig leaves and you killed an animal and you covered me. God, I can't, what, what's my response? It's thank you, right? So I'm asking you two things today, and I'm gonna let you go home. The first thing is, go out covered. S- some of you today, you've been trying to fix yourself. You gotta stop, just stop. God, I can't, God, God's saying, where are you? What have you been up to? And you're thinking, I just, uh, right? Just stop. God, I did it, I'm guilty, cover me. Some of you in the room today are covered, but you're not grateful. You're not grateful. You've lost, you've lost a little bit. Some of you have been deceived maybe by the enemy. To, to He's got you convinced that there's something God's holding out on you. And you've got to say, wait a minute. I need nothing else. I've been covered. I don't need anything else. I've been covered. What else would I need when I've been covered? So you got to go out today. Oh, oh, God, you covered me. I tried to fig leaf myself through this and you killed your son for me. And let me say this and I'll close. My final closing. <laughs> I, I say I'm ending about 20 times a week. I understand this. i not a preacher. I can't help it. Right? I'll say this. We just got to be grateful. We just got to be grateful for what God's done. And let's walk in the assurance and the victory that Jesus has bought for us, amen? Let's not be deceived any longer. Let's stand up and know what God said. Let's know the truth. Let's stop trying to fix ourselves with fig leaves. Let's cover ourselves with his righteousness and walk out of here, amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes. God, we thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 Southeast Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.